Welcome to Asian Book Club, where we highlight Asian and Asian American authors. We are your hosts, Jimmy and Sabangin. And I'm Stephen Park. And we are going to talk about something that came up in this book that I always thought was a little bit interesting mm-hmm. between specifically Filipino and Korean cultures. For sure. And that's karaoke mm. or karaoke. Yeah. So how are you familiar with karaoke? I'm familiar with karaoke in many different aspects, but in Filipino culture, at least Philippinex Filipino culture on Guam, we break out the karaoke system anytime there's a gathering. So whether it's for a birthday, a wedding, or a despedida, which is a goodbye, farewell, or Mm -hmm. a welcoming back home, we use either magic mic, which is just the microphone by itself with the numbers that you can input the song that you want to sing, or a full-blown karaoke system that looks like a jukebox with speakers loud enough to shake the whole neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And that's not Magic Mike, the Channing Tatum. No, not Channing Tatum. There's no stripping. Sometimes there could be. No, not in Filipino (laughs) cultures. No, it is family-friendly. Yes. In terms of, like, the outward appearance, but the songs, like, thinking back to the songs that family members would sing while children were around. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're talking about... Mm -hmm. Well, so in Korean culture, Mm. it's a little bit different because I don't think we really do karaoke. Like, it's not planned for big events. Like, I Mm. feel like when I used to go to parties with Filipino families, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know there's going to be karaoke inside the house because the machine's there. Right. Almost... Mm, most Filipino families that I know mm-hmm. own some version of a karaoke machine. Yes, and sometimes they have multiple karaoke machines. Mm-hmm. The way that Korean people tend to do it is we go to norebangs, mm-hmm. which are like mm-hmm. karaoke rooms, and they're small rooms. Yes, and they're um, private, right? They're private. There's usually food, alcohol, stuff mm-hmm. like that that you can order and it'll yeah. get delivered. It's super loud. It's kind of like when you go into those dystopian movies and it's Mm. like you walk into one of those like gaming rooms and (laughs) there's just like nothing but sensory deprivation from all the noise right right right. yeah so that's what i grew up being extremely used to was Mm. going to norebangs like i was always a little bit embarrassed to kind of sing i guess Mm. but it was also because when we do karaoke, when we do norebang, mm-hmm. there's two major different people. Yes. There are the ones that are singing songs so that you could bop. Uh-huh. And then there are the ones <laughs> that are singing songs because they're trying to make America's next idol and mm-hmm. uh, the voice. And they're trying right. their best to belt it out. Who's got talent. Yes. And so that usually requires ballads and... Mm-hmm some Whitney mm-hmm. Houston yes. and it's just it's a different vibe when it gets to that point mm. um, I think there are really good song choices where you can belt it and still keep everyone involved right but then when you're doing like depressing love songs <laughs> and then that's like the last 30 minutes and you're trying to really show your magic right <laughs> not, I, it's not my favorite part to be mm-hmm. in a room stuck mm-hmm. with that environment. Right. At like midnight when you're falling asleep. Mm. Um, 
But we're also planning. So one of our friends, her birthdays is coming up this, or actually it just passed. Mm-hmm. But their celebration, their celebration is coming up, and she wants to go to an American karaoke.、Mm. And that is when you go to a bar, and、mm-hmm. there's a karaoke machine there,、mm-hmm. and there's a KJ, which is a karaoke jockey, I think. Yeah. Um, Someone who's playing the music and making sure it's queued up for the person that the music is playing for. Right, and there's like a list of people, and、yeah. they're coordinating that whole list. So my question to you is, what is your private karaoke song, and what is your white people karaoke song? A、uh, private karaoke song. I'm so I'm. One of two minds when it comes to karaoke, and it depends on the room, who I'm with,、um, when I'm with friends. <laughs> Truthfully, I love singing shots <laughs>、mm-hmm. because it's very few words, and you're not really singing; you're just yelling shot, shot, shot,、mm-hmm. shot, shot, shots.、Um, when it's Public when I'm with my family, when I'm、uh, with like multiple relatives, it's more like I'm singing Tagalog songs.、Mm. Well, what if you're in a setting with strangers?、Mm. I'm probably gonna whip out some Britney Spears. Okay. Yeah, because I want to be able to dance and like not have the focus be on my voice. Because I don't have a, I don't have an amazing singing voice. I am able to carry a tune, but I want. My actual assets and skills to show, which is movement and dance.、Mm-hmm. I think for me, my American karaoke songs are "Sweet Caroline,"、mm. and I think one of the ones I want to try is "I Want to Dance with Somebody"、oh, with Whitney、yeah. Houston, because、yes. they don't really require like an amazing voice, right? But the second part of that is everyone wants to sing in.、Mm. Like you can't. Sing those songs and have other like people aren't just quiet when they、mm, hear that song. Everyone true, like true, wants true. to sing in, so it like hides me,、mm, which I prefer. That's fair. But when I do go with friends, when I do go to Nodebang,、mm-hmm. the songs that I'm singing are like Boys to Men,、mm. like End of the Road. So <laughs> I am that person that shows off my、uh, talent. Wow. And I try to really belt it out. Totally. Yeah, and it like really doesn't matter if you're good or not. It's、mm-hmm. like how much can you belt? Right. It's like how much feeling can you infuse into this music? Yes, and I love how I don't know. I noticed this with like Filipino aunties,、mm-hmm. where they're like so dependent on the score. Yeah. They're like this needs to be a ninety-five、right. or a hundred. Right. It's like it has to be a hundred. They're not gonna settle for nineties. Yeah, and I just like I don't. I don't know if the machine fully registers the no, notes. No, no, I think it's registering the loudness. Yeah, exactly. And、like、the power. Exactly, it's just like the enthusiasm yes, of the whole situation. Yes, exactly. So that's the secret. I'm pretty sure、mm-hmm. we'll keep trying it out in upcoming settings to、For、see if、sure. that really truly is the way to go. I'm just gonna say that I've never participated in United States American kind of karaoke.、Ooh. I've only done Korean karaoke and Filipino karaoke.、Mm. So this is gonna be new for me, and I'm a little scared. There was one person that I remember seeing. It's gonna be at the same bar that we're going to.、Mm. I've only gone there, I think, once, maybe、mm. twice at most.、Mm-hmm. And I think the KJ, the 
karaoke jockey was mm-hmm. in on it because somebody came up and they put in Beauty and the Beast. Wow. And so they did, I think it was a guy, and they did the male, the sing, the Aladdin part. Mm-hmm. And then... Beauty and the Beast? Or sorry, no. The Aladdin song. Okay. Whole New a World. Whole New World. Okay. And the person that chose the song, I believe... I, if I remember correctly, it was a guy mm-hmm. and sang the guy part, and the Aladdin. karaoke jockey sang Jasmine, Jasmine, mm. and it was the most beautiful. Like you could wow. have put that on the voice, like it was such yes. a good rendition. But truly, I think it's just about trying to get a very drunk crowd <laughs> in on it, and For that's sure. how you get away with it. For sure, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll sing Disney. <laughs> yeah, Disney's always good. A little Frozen. No, I cannot do... uh, I cannot reach those notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm excited to go into that. And we'll talk about how karaoke kind of plays a little bit into Annie's life. But before we do that, let's go into our recommendation for the week. So, in terms of feeling and in terms of movement, the recommendation for the week is Kim Syra, who is a healer and specifically uses somatic active healing for community care and in essence somatic is referring to the body and like being able to feel into your body kim sarah has been hosting many community care events via zoom where you're using your body and using affirmations and feeling all the things that you're feeling like releasing blame and shame while also inviting in excitement and enthusiasm for whatever it is that you want for your life and at the end of these events she does oracle card readings tarot card readings based on that particular season's theme whether it's for example Aries season or Taurus season she's reading and pulling from those particular aspects and currently she has opened up another cohort for a program that she's called authentically you where it's an intimate setting for asian american women and femmes to tune into their community creativity and somatic release where they're able to check in with each other and have space held with other guest healers and wellness practitioners to learn more about kim syra and the work that she does you can find her on instagram at kim syra k-i-m-s-a-i-r-a Or you can look at the link in her bio to see what other things that she's offering. Yep. And that link is going to be stan.store slash Kim Syra, which is S-T-A-N dot S-T-O-R-E slash K-I-M-S-A-I-R-A. Yes. And that's our recommendation for the week. Okay. So this is our final piece to Happy Birthday or Whatever by Annie Choi. Yes, and to recap, last time in the previous episode, we talked about essays that illuminated Annie's relationship with her mother. And this is going through different life stages, like her first menstruation, and then also getting revenge for her mom getting rid of her stuffed animals, and in turn, getting rid of her mom's religious tchotchkes. 
Later, she helps her mom through her cancer treatment. And then the following essay, it lightens up by her figuring out what her relationship is to food through vegetarianism. And finally, working together with her mom to find the approval or to gain the approval from the family matriarch, who is her paternal grandmother. Yeah. And so the story continues as we enter through chapters 11 through 13. Mm Mm-hmm. And we are going to go straight into it. So chapter 11 is Fool Who Play Cool. Mm-hmm. And this is, while in Korea, Annie is yanked out of bed to embark on a seemingly endless journey to a national park to visit a Buddhist temple with her mother and her mother's friends. Although the drive should only take five hours, the numerous pit stops and food breaks make for a lengthy adventure. Although the group ends up only spending 15 minutes at their intended destination, the road trip reveals a side of Annie's mom we have yet to see. Mm -hmm. I do not like hiking. And Mm -hmm. what I appreciate is on page 163, Annie says, Sarek-san, which is the national park that they're going to, Sarek-san is a mountain and a national park. I remember going when I was five and crying because my legs were tired. Even then, I knew hiking is the devil's work, and I felt like shouting amen right Mm -hmm. after reading that passage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love hiking. I think when I first started hiking, Mm -hmm. it was more about the destination, Mm -hmm. and it was very much a social media, Instagram-y kind of uh, fulfilling thing to take a picture at the top of something. But as I started getting more and more into it, it was much more about the journey of things, like mm-hmm. the relaxation within it, the calmness, mm. um, kind of getting out into nature. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I think I'm a little bit more restricted on time, mm. which is why it's harder for me to really figure out getting there. And especially yeah. knowing that you don't like it, mm-hmm. makes it harder for us to go. Yeah. Um, I figured out that I love walking and... I love walking over hiking. I hiked a lot on Guam, and Guam is sticky and humid and hot. But here in Portland, even though they call some walks in the park hiking, I I just love to walk. And in Michelle Buteau's words, hiking is just fancy walking. And <laughs> I would rather just... Like, the same ways and the same reasons that you enjoy hiking is why I enjoy walking. It's Mm -hmm. the scenery, it's being in nature, it's being able to just enjoy the journey rather than the destination. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you've had a chance to really see some of the peaks and the top points of Oregon. That's fair. Which I think is very unique to places like this. Yeah. But all that to say, what we find out is that she doesn't even have to hike once they get there. Right, they use a cable car. Which she also hates. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe as much as As hiking. hiking. Uh, She does the thing that I do, which Mm. is when I go up on things like that, Mm -hmm. I think of everything breaking down Mm. and me falling. So Mm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to figure out ways to survive, which is also what she does. Yes. But the thing is, before we even get to Sorak-san, it's the journey that gets us there. Right. Which is... 
it starts with Annie, who it sounds like it was the morning after they just flew into Korea. Right, so she's still going through jet lag. She's still, she's also not a morning person. Right, and she gets woken up at 4.30 or some... 4.15. 4.15. Yes. And it's her ungodly hour. She gets jabbed awake. Mm-hmm. And then the funny part was as she's waking up and she's trying to figure all this stuff out, mm-hmm. there's this little gleaming light of redemption that she's like oh maybe i'll get to spend time with my uncle who i really like yeah and her uncle's like i'm not even i'm just taking you to your mom's friend's house yeah and they're Uh. gonna take you um not to mention the bathroom scene which is like she's wearing Mm. her mom's sock yeah and then she steps into that like pool of water which is what i was familiar with Mm -hmm. with korean bathrooms Mm -hmm. too was really gross i hate wet socks like my least favorite thing Mm -hmm. Um, so then, you know, she meets up with her mom's friends, and I think this is where we get a side of Annie's mom that we truly haven't had a chance to see. Right, because before this, the other essays, we see her mom as being a mom. Right. And so she's much more controlling in a way. She Mm -hmm. just has to be the figure that is overseeing a lot of things. Yeah. But now we're seeing Annie's mom as an individual, a person, Mm -hmm. her amongst her friends, her joking around and having fun. Yes. Um, And being lively and cordial. Right. And it was funny that it was almost flipped where Mm -hmm. Annie seemed to always be the younger, the lighter, the funnier one. Mm -hmm. And in this story, Annie becomes the grumpy one, Mm -hmm. almost like what it seems that she portrays of her mother through a lot of these stories. And I love that one of the things that her mom and the friends specifically plan out for Mm -hmm. are those road trip stops. Yes. Have you... Because I know you've been to Korea twice yes i've been to korea twice but i've never gone on road trips in korea i've only seen road trips through k-dramas right and i think that's most people i think most Mm. people's experiences when they go to korea that i know Mm -hmm. are they go either for work Mm -hmm. or they're staying downtown so they stay in like tongdaemun or Mm -hmm. myeongdo or some part of seoul Mm -hmm. um but the part that people don't get to see are these road trips and Mm. so i honestly don't even remember these moments but when i was reading through the book i specifically remember our family like my mom's side of the family primarily where we would go on these road trips and i think all i did was fall asleep Mm. and then i'll get shaken awake and i'm at this road stop and these road stops have rows of food it's like Mm. a.m p.m just style like windows of really delicious foods and so imagine just jumping in a car and then you fall asleep, you wake up, and it's just like, hey, here's food. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is the dream. Yes. <laughs> I mean, while I was reading this, and when I watch it on K-dramas, I'm like, if this were what road trips were like in the States, I think I would be more game to do it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, like, the time I had to drive from Portland to Houston, mm. I ended up doing a one-shot, like, Ugh. 30-something hour drive, which is not great and not recommended. No. I was hallucinating by the end of it. But there, it just wasn't the same, right? And mm-hmm. I think I think it's Annie's mom's friend, the guy. Ajoshi. The Ajoshi, mm-hmm. who mentions that, like... No, I think it was the Ajama, who says, like, Korea's so small. So yes. maybe these red stops are in there to make it feel larger. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also probably healthier to get out every hour. Absolutely. And, like, be able to eat or use the bathroom and just, like, fulfill your needs each hour. 
Mm -hmm. So yeah, I thought it was really fun being able to see her mom joke around with her friends. Mm -hmm. Um, It seemed like her mom was the kid dragging the parent along and be like, hey, let's go grab this, let's go grab this. And I thought that was really fun and a really beautiful side to see, especially coming off of this last essay where we saw them working together. Yes, yes. And the fact that Annie starts this essay off so abruptly of like her mom mm-hmm. jabbing her and be like hey wake up wake mm-hmm. up wake up i thought it was really cool to see this story placed yeah, the way that it was definitely but then we move on to chapter 12 which is rules of engagement mm-hmm. in this essay we see that finding a partner to spend your life with is hard enough but trying to do it in this korean family reveals an additional level of difficulty We see how gaining approval for a significant other entails specific requirements like being Korean, being a Harvard graduate, and being either a doctor or lawyer. The agreed upon rule then among the cousins is to avoid bringing anyone home until you're ready to marry them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, something just happened to me recently Mm. where I was talking to someone and she's white. Um, she's mm. American, mm. and she is dating someone that is Lebanese. Mm-hmm. So in Lebanese, I think the way that she explained how her scenarios went mm-hmm. had a very similar feel to the experience of not only this story, mm. but kind of our story. Mm-hmm. And it's this <laughs> ultimate grilling, this feeling of inferiority almost mm. that parents can give you as you are the one that's i mean for lack of a better term interrogated in this first meeting totally and to make that connection i was grilled by your parents when Mm -hmm. both when i first met them and every time i meet them i'm grilled by them Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering is this only for parents of sons or is this parents of daughters as well I think it's for both because I Mm. think the ultimate hope of the parent is that they want someone to take care of their kids. Mm -hmm. So even when I talk to your grandmother, Mm -hmm. like your nanai, Mm -hmm. she says the same thing to me before we leave every conversation, which is like, make sure you love Jamei or make sure you take care of Jamei, right? Right. So I think that is the ultimate hope, but the way that it is portrayed and the way that it is outwardly shown Mm -hmm. is in this very protective manner. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, I ask because all I know is your parents who both have sons. Mm-hmm. And then when you talked about this person you know, the parents who are grilling the person you know were parents of the son. Yeah. So I don't know because I'm not really sure of the other instances. Mm. But I do know that at least my parents are very protective. Mm-hmm. But what I can say, what I do think, is that if it wasn't for their interest Mm. or their thought that this would be something more permanent, Mm -hmm. I don't think my parents, nor would I think the parents of, I think it was like Andy or something, or Claire's. Andy. Andy. Like, I don't think that they would care. Like, I don't think those same, that same line of questioning would happen. Mm -hmm. So I do think it comes from a point of maybe concern but also for caring Hmm. um i know i've been in instances where i've met other people's parents or like when you have met other people's parents who are 
just friends and like only being seen as friends mm. like you get a couple of questions like oh are you going to school or are you doing this mm-hmm. and it just like kind of fades off pretty quickly right for the most part for the most part i have been in scenarios where i've been in a relationship with someone and i've gotten that same feel and mm-hmm. it almost feels worse because it's like well then why don't you care about the fact that i'm here like mm-hmm. don't you have questions for me and i don't know if that comes from my background mm-hmm. of knowing how my parents do things mm-hmm. but it just feels very neglected mm, or it feels like you're not as important as you should be mm-hmm. totally totally like we mentioned there are two different scenarios in this particular essay. There's one cousin who only brought her significant other when they were engaged. And mm-hmm. this significant other checked all the boxes. They were Korean. They graduated from the Yale of Korea, which is not not particularly bad, but it's, but it's acceptable. Yeah, I think it was Yonsei. Mm. And then... They're also Catholic. They were Catholic and they were a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So... They checked many boxes, and if they didn't check the box, it was an acceptable box to not check. Mm -hmm. And so they did it the right way, Mm quote-unquote. And then there was another cousin that brought two different girlfriends at two different celebrations. And both times, he ended up breaking up with them. Mm And this caused a ruckus among the family. Not only with Annie's mother, who was complaining and being like, no, you just bring the one. Mother and father. They both agree. Right. True, true, true. But the mother brought it up first. Right. And later, Annie kind of explores with her other cousins and was like talking to Annie and being like, why did you do that? Why did you make, why did you cause this chaos? Mm -hmm. And... It was initiated by his mother saying, I want to get to know you more. But Mm -hmm. when he started bringing over these significant others to these dinners, then she's like, oh, stop doing that. Just bring the one. Mm -hmm. Which kind of goes into the other point that Mm. was briefly mentioned. Mm. And it's the fact that our parents, and I think a lot of people's parents, all the way until you finish your education, it's Mm. don't date, don't go into relationships Mm -hmm. don't do anything because your focus your entire focus should be Mm -hmm. on studying and getting good grades and getting to that career yep and then all of a sudden you hit graduation date and like (laughs) as soon as you get that sash as soon as you turn over the tassel Mm -hmm. that's when it's like oh where's your grand where's my grandchild right my uncle where's my like it's like what happened like how am i supposed to do this exactly it's like i didn't get any practice nor did i get any advice on how to navigate this also it takes at least nine months like give me like a (laughs) year at least minimum but yeah it's it's really funny how that stuff changes over Mm -hmm. so quickly and so unexpectedly yes (laughs) i also feel that there was a scene in here i think it was the very start of it where annie Mm -hmm. and her father are talking Mm. and it shows a relationship that we have yet to see throughout this whole book which right. is Annie talking with her father for a long period of time because right. before we've seen Annie talk to her father over the phone right. and it's very brief it was but... for the birthday and yes. then for her mom's cancer right. but that was pretty much it right this was the first almost heart-to-heart conversation that they had mm-hmm but that made that reminded me of the conversations that I have with my dad mm-hmm. and it was really funny because Annie mentions that while she's 
trapped in by her dad in this conversation. Right. She looks outside and there's traffic. And mm-hmm. she's like, there's nowhere to go. Right. That's always how I feel. Like, just like the bathroom <laughs> thing that we talked about last time. Yeah. I feel like he plans it out so well. Like, it's like an evil mastermind to mm. be like, you have nowhere to go. You have nowhere to run. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, on the freeway. Like, okay. So, <laughs> most people have the sex talk with their parents. Uh. Like, 13? Maybe. I don't know. It depends on who you are, what your background is, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a sex talk on my way to college as I was 18 or something, whenever you go to college, Mm -hmm. right? So I had that. Mm -hmm. Then I finish college. I take two years to finish Rex, and then I go to grad school. And I forget what age I am, but finish college plus two years. And then on my way... I'm getting driven to the airport, and on the way, my dad's in the driver's side, my mom's in the passenger seat, and I'm in the back. And that's when I get my second sex talk. (laughs) I'm like, what is the point of this? And my dad says, like, you know, I wish we could do this without your mom around, because this is a very private, like, boys' time conversation. I'm like, what is happening? Like, thank goodness for the internet. Because if I didn't have the internet in my hands on my phone, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I could have mentally escaped that scenario. Mm -hmm. Because at least while he was talking, I can't even remember what I was doing, but I must have been on Instagram or playing games. Mm -hmm. I must have been on something because I had to dissociate from the moment that my dad (laughs) is giving me the second talk with my mom in the passenger seat. Yeah, it was interesting. Anyways, her moment of feeling trapped, (laughs) I understand being on a freeway at... 65 actually it's la more like 80 miles per hour mm-hmm. um not being able to escape mm-hmm. having the second sex talk <laughs> real interesting <laughs> but, but now i know all the ins and outs apparently <laughs> i'm good wow yes <laughs> so that kind of i don't know it's i thought this essay was really good for showing that side of things and mm-hmm. for people that i think are in this realm and obviously this doesn't span the category of all Asians and I'm sure there are other non-Asian families that have to go through the same thing Mm -hmm. like this grilling kind of mentality Mm -hmm. just because parents are very protective of their children right but coming from where I am I thought this was a really clear glimpse into what that conversation can look like Mm -hmm. and for those that may not know this it's at least a window into what that might feel like but mm-hmm. truly and you can probably vouch for this more than i can the feel of getting that kind of grilling where you're already on edge and nervous yes. about meeting someone yes it's uh it's really hard to kind of deal with and come out on the other end right it feels like i at least in my experience it feels like i need to come up with the right answers and if i don't have the right answers i need to have the right explanation for not having the right answers Mm -hmm. so and like on top of that as a person who needs to ruminate and think things through before i say anything it's even harder for me to come up with something to say in the moment Mm -hmm. so i appreciate that you are there to make that buffer mm-hmm. um and what's interesting is that while i was reading this i felt like this although in filipino culture we have these conversations every time we go to a family gathering everyone has to ask do you have a boyfriend do you have a girlfriend yet 
And once you do, when are you getting married? Even mm-hmm. if that relationship might not be serious for the person, it's always when are you getting married? When are you having kids? And sometimes it's not even when are you getting married. Sometimes it goes straight into when are you having kids just because of the culture on Guam and knowing that it's possible to just have kids without marriage. Mm-hmm. And quick side note before we go into our last essay. Mm-hmm. This story has a scene where they talk about her cousin, Andy, Mm -hmm. who is a physical therapist (laughs) who brings home his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. who is Filipina. Yes. And then pretty much she goes, and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this book. And I closed it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I did get to that last essay. And that last essay is called New Year's Games. Mm Mm-hmm. And in this final essay, Annie is coerced home to celebrate New Year's with the Choi clan. Although she is promised that everyone will be there, everyone does not include her brother and several of her cousins. Annie begrudgingly attends this gathering, moping and leaning into sarcasm throughout the evening. However, in the end, they share laughter and love that comes from the chaos of their family dynamic. What did you think about this last essay? I, it reminded me of my family gatherings in that it's everyone, it's chaotic, it's loud. Mm -hmm. And in this essay, Annie really needs coffee. And she doesn't like any of the coffee in the house because it's instant and it's very flavored. Those are the only two options that she's got because that's what her parents enjoy. So when she gets to the actual gathering which is like at dinner time once she's able to get the coffee she pours herself a cup drinks it puts it down and then it disappears Mm -hmm. and so every time she gets up to get herself a cup of coffee once she puts it down and turns her attention to something else it disappears and that's how i feel like in gatherings if i'm not holding on to my drink it's gonna disappear and i'm gonna be upset Mm -hmm. so i totally i totally related to that aspect of her story Mm -hmm. and for me our family is our extended family is still in korea Mm. so i grew up with my immediate family here Mm. so it was my parents my grandmother and then me and my brother Mm. um because we didn't have a large family here Mm -hmm. my parents eventually found a group of other Korean people and that was I forget what they called it but that was our group like Mm. those were and I think I mentioned this in a past episode like those were the kids that I grew up with and we went to a bunch of gatherings together so that's what this reminded me of Mm. is those events and having my brother there that we can go off and do stupid things and like make stupid jokes and have our whole side conversations Mm -hmm. i also think those little side conversations between her and her cousin Mm -hmm. um the really nice one that's there i think those are a part of the big party like we go from this macro version of her dad telling this weirdly (laughs) really weird riddle to um her talking to her cousin and like going into that view and i thought it was such a good way to see this whole environment Mm -hmm. um but the thing that really stood out to me was the game Mm -hmm. so you or well we always called it yutmodi which just means Mm -hmm. like play that game right um and it's really fun i mean it's crazy it's hectic 
and it really does get that lively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think her mom being that competitive yeah. is all I remember from these games is like everyone gets so hyped mm. and it's not about the money. It's not about the $15 right. prize. It's just about the fun of trying to win it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was such a nice picture to kind of see. Mm, totally, totally. Yeah, I feel like just going through the essay, it helped me. It brought a sense of home back to me because it reminded me of like what it feels like to be in these big gatherings. And like you said, there are the side the side conversations you have with your siblings. And then there are the side conversations you have with the cousins who you talk to. And because Annie doesn't have her brother, I'm thinking about family gatherings. And if I didn't have either of my siblings, I too would feel kind of betrayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I would get through these events without having that bond with someone else. Mm-hmm. And you just don't have that with your parents because that's yeah. their bonding time. Right. And you could see how like all the dads are hanging out mm-hmm. and all the moms are kind of having their whole thing of like cutting up the fruit and doing all these things, yeah. which is like a very classic Korean way of gathering. Mm. Also, like little parts in this story were so funny and I think it brought everything just back together like Mm -hmm. it kind of rounded off the whole book my favorite part i hesitate to say favorite but my favorite part was her dad and Mm. like it's the beginning of the essay and her dad coming out into the kitchen and he's not wearing pants oh no which was like in itself she was like dad you need to put on pants and i think he goes to get her coffee like his coffee right and then it shows that there's she calls it like a natural ventilation yes <laughs> where his butt is i was like man uh, I, I like at first i was like how does she remember things like that and i guess like the trauma it's like how do you yes. not remember things right. like that? it's like it gets stuck in your mind <laughs> yeah um so going from this essay i think it's a good transition into like what did you think about this book I really enjoyed this book. Even though this was a reread, it was, it felt like I was experiencing it for the first time all over again. Although there were bits and pieces, like really small details, like her vegetarianism, like her and her brother's relationship. Those were the little details I remembered, but the actual stories felt very new to me. And it was refreshing to, to see this overall arc of the way her her and her mom seemed rocky and then they showed how that they're actually very close and then seeing like we said in this episode seeing her relationship with her father as well as her relatives it it was refreshing to see how open and honest she was mm-hmm. while being funny in including these small details mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say open and honest, because for me, a lot of this related to experiences that I grew up with, mm-hmm. and I don't carry a ton of Korean friends, so mm-hmm. it, I don't have a large friend group that I bounce these experiences off mm-hmm. of. But when you say she was open and honest, it more makes me think of if my inner child had a voice mm-hmm. and it could retell my my whole experience of growing up Mm -hmm. that's what annie's voice sounded like to me Mm -hmm. it was like that fighting back piece of like even with the dolls or the stuffed animals it was like fighting back in those little instances Mm -hmm. or 
um, you could see the fear and like the immobilization of when she heard her mom had cancer. Right. You could see the edginess and the the rawness to her not wanting to go on this road trip with her yes. family. And I felt like the way she wrote captured a lot of my mood. Mm. And then also the way that she wrote had such humor and mm-hmm. such cuttingness to yes. a lot of uh, her stories. Yes. That from the beginning, I was like, oh, this is really good. Mm. And it just kind of kept me up there throughout the whole read. Nice. At the end of this book, do you still think that it's your favorite read so far? Yes. Mm. I think the lighthearted nature and just how much it resonated with me Mm -hmm. just makes it so that it's really hard for me not to feel strong feelings with this book. Definitely. But with that, we are now going to go into our hints into our next book, Mm -hmm. which may not be as lighthearted from what I know. Mm -hmm. So to give you a little understanding of what we're going to go through, Mm -hmm. we're going to guide you through our hint of jam. So we are going to talk about our three hints for our next book and our next read. Mm -hmm. So hint number one, it was a National Book Award finalist and New York Times book review top 10 of the year. Mm -hmm. Hint number two, the title refers to a mechanical game originating in Japan used for gambling. And hint number three, this has recently been adapted into a limited series on Apple TV. So... If you want to join us on our read, Mm -hmm. if you have any suggestions for future books, if you want to tell us how much you enjoyed Happy Birthday or whatever, Mm -hmm. how can people reach out to us? You can reach out to us through email at asianbookclubpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Or you can write in the comments on Instagram at asianbookclubpod, P-O-D. Yep, and we have our website, which is Mm asianbookclubpod.com, which also has our bookstore where you can look up any of the books that we're reading or Mm -hmm. other ones that we suggest and recommend. Yeah. And don't forget to subscribe and like, but until next time, I hope you remember to treat yourself. Nice. Bye. Bye.